basically it's the exchange and what you're building is relationship and connections and connecting with people in a different way and deepening and enriching your experience of life in the process, which is actually fun and amazing and one hell of a side effect. So Hi, this is Dr. Jen Barna. Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. At Doc Working, our specialty is coaching physicians to achieve the best of life and medicine. This is the podcast where we talk with doctors about real life outside of medicine. We truly appreciate you listening and would be so grateful if you would like and subscribe. Please keep tuning in. We publish three episodes a week and we want your feedback please email me at jen at docworking.com to tell me what you like, and what you want to hear more of. Your feedback means a lot to us. With that, let's get started on today's episode. Hi, my name is Gabriella Dennery. I'm one of the lead coaches at docworking.com. And I'm Jill Farmer, one of the other co-leading coaches at docworking.com. We're so glad you're with us here today. Today, we are going to be talking about the downfall for physicians of trying to do it all themselves. Mm. <laughs> Gabriella, with you as a physician, as well as what you see with your clients that you coach, what's the pattern that you see often emerging and when it comes to people trying to do everything themselves? I think it's the same pattern that we see at work, that we bring at home, that we bring to relationships everywhere we go. Because in other words, you know, for my clients and for myself, in my experience as a physician, can you imagine that if I'm there trying to do everything I need to take care of, whether it's answering calls, writing referrals, getting the prescriptions out. I was a primary care doc, so you know I felt like I had eight arms and legs every day. And so always trying to meet a certain expectation, left, right, back, front, up, down. And that was the programming. That's the programming since medical school. That's the programming in residency. That's the programming in the attending years. It's a programming that stays with you for years and years and years. And so the challenge really is how to break that pattern. Mm -hmm. The challenge is really how to stop being that octopus and thinking that somehow I have to take care of everything myself. And so I guess <laughs> one of the valuable lessons I learned is because I was living and working in New York City, I learned the value of outsourcing laundry. I did. <laughs> that was an eye opener to be able to say, hey, I don't actually have to do this myself because it kept piling up and I just would not get to it. And it's one of those things I really can't stand doing. And part of New York City life, and that's what you do, you outsource laundry because who has a machine? You know, very few people. And so once I went there, it was hard to go back. It's like, wow, what else can I outsource? <laughs> what is it that the things that I don't really need to take care of myself that somehow I think I should because a friend of mine was having groceries delivered. She was also a physician. And it's like, wow, you mean to tell me I don't have to go to the grocery store myself every single time? Mm -hmm. How many hours would I save? How much time and energy would I save? Given the fact that my time is this much and my energy is this much mm -hmm. and I have this much to do. And so, yes, in addition to time and stress management tools and skills to really just decrease the, the load of the list itself, because it's not really as big as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't have to take care of everything myself. And how can I support myself? And how can my clients support themselves in just utilizing resources to unload some of the things that frankly, other people can do a whole lot better than you can? <laughs> 
there comes a point where you need to just let it go, make whatever task or situation go to the person who can do it best. Right. It comes up so often with me. A lot of the physicians that I've worked with, they feel like there's so much shame, like, oh, you wouldn't believe my basement or my attic or my house is so cluttered. I was like, I would, because it's very <laughs> common for physicians to have uh, decision fatigue when by the time they get mm-hmm. home, right? We know it's a real psychological phenomenon, you know, and then you add some perfectionism to the mix. You're supposed to do something that takes a lot of decision-making energy that's just kind of dried up by the end of the week and trying to decide the perfect thing to do with all this stuff. And so often I'm encouraging my physician clients to hire a professional organizer to come in and to really help free them from this burden. I remember once working with a physician client and we were mapping out all these roadmaps and doing all the advanced planning tools that I teach and breaking it down into ridiculously easy steps and all things that do work and that we do as time management strategies, but this project wasn't getting done. And I said, you know, what your mentality is, I should be able to figure this out because I can figure out really hard things, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a specialist, I'm a surgeon, I can figure out these hard things. I said, okay, well, by your mentality, I should go get books of the library to fix my own car. A, I don't want to do that. That's not a great use of my time. And B, there's you know somebody else out there who's trained to fix cars. And it's just a really beautiful exchange in the world for me to give him or her my money <laughs> and mm-hmm. my car comes back fixed. And that's just a really good way to be able to do it. So it's getting in the habit of doing it. Now, one of the things, I love the examples you gave because you know hiring a professional organizer can be a little bit expensive. And so sometimes that's a challenge for people. It's like, you know, I'm trying to earn money and save money and create some financial independence. So I can't hire everybody to do every aspect. But you said something really important is what's the thing, like, how do I do the cost benefit analysis of things that are taking a lot of time that bring me zero joy and for relatively small amount of money, it's not very expensive, especially now in COVID world, there's so many different options, post COVID world, there's so many different options for grocery deliveries, for laundry services. What are some other ideas that you have either for you or your clients that you think outsourcing is is effective for them? I think really the bottom line, that idea has to come from the client for me. It has to resonate with them and I can make suggestions and that's fabulous. At the same time, it's based on where do you want to put your time and your energy? What is valuable use of your time and energy? Do you even realize that your time is valuable? Yeah, that's so important. I think that's the first thing is this question of should I shouldn't be doing it has to start with what matters to me. And then you get to get creative. Like I had a client who ended up hiring neighborhood kids and college kids to do all these Mm -hmm. projects. She's like, I didn't ever think about paying them, you know, whatever per hour to just offload an individual task, like moving the bricks from one point, you know, she was like, it's so complicated to hire the big yard landscaping company and investing. And it's like, oh, I just really right now want the bricks moved from point A to point B. How about I just hire a college kid who needs some extra money to do that? Or a neighbor lady who's looking for some extra work to do some little Mm -hmm. task. It doesn't have to be the big thing. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, for me, I couldn't afford the big organizer, but we hired someone who needed some extra bucks who wanted to start an organizing business. And here it is, boom, they did a fabulous job. And at the same time, uh, everybody benefits. That person benefits because they get a little cash in their pockets. We benefit because now the office is organized. Hallelujah. Everybody is happy. So I think that, yes, absolutely. It doesn't have to be complicated. And the resources might very well be right at your fingertips, right in front of you. You know, my parents, my, their resource was us. <laughs> it was six mm-hmm. kids in the house. So mom was like, okay, you cook on Monday, you cook on Tuesday, you cook on Wednesday, you cook on Thursday. And that's how she managed to outsource, delegate 
some of the tasks is simply by what do I have in front of me? What can I utilize differently? How can I engage people in participating in this in a different way? And so I yeah. think that idea is fabulous to know that you probably have something right in front of you right now. Yeah, offloading by that individual tasks, as opposed to thinking about it as the, like you described that, you know, it's like, let's solve this problem one closet at a time if I don't have the budget to hire the, you know, full time personal <laughs> assistant organizer, it's okay to, to break it down even to one little task. And I think, in my experience, my clients find that once they get through the psychological obstacle, which you described so beautifully at the beginning of the conversation of thinking they should be doing it all and that their arms, the eight arms of the octopus should be managing it all. It's sort of softens or shifts this thing within them and they notice they can get more creative. It feels cooperative to support other people in the world and what they're doing and to be able to provide some income and support for them. And it becomes an easier process. And if your budget is really, really tight, you can also barter with friends. A great example I had from this is from a friend, not a client, but you know, a pediatrician and she went over to a friend's house for a dinner party on her way to the bathroom, noticed that her friend's desk in her office was incredibly organized and her own desk at home was piles and piles and piles of stuff. And so she said to her friend, oh my gosh, because the pediatrician loved to cook. And she said, when I'm cooking meals for my family and freezing them for the week, if I cook some extra ones to give to you, because <laughs> the other person didn't like to cook that much, would you come over and spend an mm -hmm. hour helping me to organize these piles on my desk? Mm -hmm. And she said, sure. Are you kidding? Dinner that I just have to take out of the freezer for a couple nights or three nights. And they were in heaven. And what they did was took the thing that the one person hated doing and the other person loved doing and shifted them to support each other. It's just such a old school community way of living, you know, that maybe our ancestors participated like in more than we do now, but I think it's Absolutely. a really cool way for us to connect. So if budget is an issue, considering bartering like that can be really helpful as well. Absolutely. I think that's a fantastic idea. And yes, because basically it's the exchange and what you're building is relationship and connection and connecting with people in a different way and deepening and enriching your experience of life in the process, which is actually fun and amazing and one hell of a side effect. So yes, trying to do everything oneself can be very isolating. I think that to your point, Jill, is also important to bring out. It's like, now let's break that pattern of isolation too, by asking for help, by talking about it. If you're talking about it to your friends and they may have a solution that you hadn't thought about, you know, there are all sorts of ideas and possibilities out there that don't have to be complicated. And so, yes. I appreciate what you said. That's a very good point. So our invitation for you from Gabriella and I for inspired action is to look and see if there's something that you can offload or outsource this week to give yourself some freedom and peace to do something that matters to you. Not necessarily use it to overwork yourself either. <laughs> Maybe no. you can offload to give yourself some freedom or space in your schedule to do something that matters to you. And our other piece of inspired action, we're not calling it homework, is <laughs> for you to go check out our self-paced course where we go deep deeply into all kinds of great ideas. Quick wins that could change your life is what it's called. Stat quick wins to change your life. And just go over to docworking.com and see if this self-paced course that we have created could provide you some peace and freedom as you move forward in your life. But meantime, thank you. I'm Jill Farmer. It's been great having you here. And on behalf of Gabriella Dennery and I, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the Doc Working, the whole physician podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Heron. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. 
We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Our Instagram is docworking1, and that is with the number one. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story to tell, please reach out to Jen at jen at docworking.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.